Hello, everyone. On this episode, I have a woman who has starred in Heather's, The Share Show, Frozen, Cabaret, and Kinky Boots, just to name a few. I have the wonderful Carissa Hoagland. You got it, baby. Yes. (laughs) Hello, Carissa. How are you? Hi, I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. We've been playing, not phone tag, but we've been like tagging for like a few months now. Because I remember Mm -hmm. you were the first person who said, you were like, hey, if you want someone to be on your podcast, I would love to. And I was like, I texted my best friend, Sam, who people who listen to his podcast know. I texted him and I was like, I just got the first person to ask me to be on their there this is not me going to someone they came to me i was like i've made it i was like i am on oprah's level <laughs> well you should know i um i listen to podcasts probably more than i listen to music i have like 11 different podcasts that i listen to i know exactly the day and time that they are available and i know i have these are my monday podcasts and these are my tuesday podcasts so i'm obsessed with podcasts and I like put it on my dream board this year and I was like, I want to just be on podcasts. <laughs> so when I saw your Instagram profile, I was like, yeah, I want to do that. That looks cool. Oh, it's, <laughs> I was just like, I was like, I was like, someone came to me. I was like, <laughs> I am Oprah now. <laughs> so my introduction to you, like many people probably is that infamous Heather's bootleg mm-hmm. with you and when you're on as Heather Chandler and Dan Dominic, 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 how do we say his name? I can't remember. Dominic, Dominic, <laughs> um, either or, whatever. Either. <laughs> and I remember I was, I can't remember why I watched. I just remember I was going through stuff and I was like, I was like, oh, these are girls wearing primary colors. I was like, this should be interesting. <laughs> um, and so I just started to, I had no idea what it was about. I had like, so I went in and I was like, oh, okay. And then people started dying and I, oh, spoiler alert. And then I, people started I mean, dying. I mean, I, like, I feel like people know by now. Yeah. It would be like, like oh spoiler God. alert on the Titanic. It's like, if you don't know the plot yeah. of the Titanic, then you actually, you will be fine. Spoiler like, alert. I was obsessed with um candy store, but also I was specifically obsessed with, and I apologize for all headphone viewers at this moment. I'm going to try and back up from my mic. <laughs> there was the moment at the 7-Eleven where you go, Veronica! Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the I just scream. started <laughs> crying from laughing so hard. So that was my introduction to you. And then I was like following you ever since. Um, going in and out like you then did uh, kinky boots and then mm-hmm. um, then you were major but anyway we'll get into this um so first and foremost we got to talk about heathers were you a fan of the movie prior to it like honestly i want to be cool and say yes but no i had never really heard of it i winona Ryder is one of like probably like three of the main actresses that made me like really want to be an actress Mm -hmm. so i wish i had known about it but i really didn't uh honestly they're probably lame answers it would probably be winona Ryder. i was obsessed with helen hunt in mad about you as a kid i thought she was like such an incredible actress and then third would probably be um kate blanchett Okay, good answer, good answer. Yeah, that's a pretty okay. diverse trifecta, I feel. But okay. so I didn't know the movie until I got contacted to audition for the LA workshop. Um, but I obviously watched the movie when I got the audition and I thought it was so strange and funny. And 
then when I was reading the sides, I was like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And to out myself, I also didn't know who Larry O'Keefe was. So I like didn't really know the musical Legally Blonde. <laughs> My mother took me to go see the tour. And I was like, okay, I'll go see Legally Blonde, the musical. Because I didn't grow up with cable. So I never saw like the MTV show. And I remember we were like front row of the balcony for the tour. And oh, I didn't grow up with cable either. Oh, cool. I was like on my feet. I was having so much fun. <laughs> Intermission hit, and she and I were like, "This is one of the best musicals we've ever seen." It's, it's in my definition, it is the perfect example of a modern twenty-first century book musical. And it's a perfect it for me. The opening of Legally Blonde is on par as a perfect opening with Into the Woods. It. It sets both the same, scene. but I will not disagree. I, you know, it's a very different show, but it but sets the equal- scene. You know the tone. You know what's about to happen. You know a lot of the characters. You're in the world immediately. Yes. It's it's a genius opening. It's so good. And it fits um, all the characters perfectly well without yes. like being without making fun of them. Exactly. Like they're in on the joke, if that makes yeah. sense to people. So yeah, so I hadn't watched the movie, but I was really excited to be in the show. And um, I moved to New York with the show. Like, I had already known that I wanted to move to New York, but I really didn't want to move without my equity card. Fair. And so I had gotten it from a show that summer that we had, like, negotiated that I would do the majority of the contract non-ec. A lot of people do this. And then I got my equity card for the last week. So then I would be bumped up to equity pay. And a lot of theaters do that that's how a lot of people get their equity card but um so then yeah i moved with a show and i moved with my card and it was a really good way to move because i just did not know what i was doing like it seemed that everybody else once i got here knew i was very in the dark i was very like i I felt like a country bumpkin almost it was like so strange i just was like how come everybody knows like what what like Baldwin Wallace is? What's Baldwin Wallace? Wait, what Never is Baldwin this. Wallace? Baldwin Wallace isn't that the name of it? It's like a musical theater program. It's a school that has a good oh. or like Elon. I'd never heard of Elon. I was like, what is that? Sounds like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I got to move with the show and it was really fun. And actually, that YouTube video is the first time I had ever done Heather Chandler. I didn't even have a rehearsal before that. And now it's got so many views. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like hard to watch. Like I don't, cause I've seen clips of it obviously. And it's not like I'm watching it being like, I hate everything about me as a performer, but I am watching it being like, I am flying by the seat of my pants and I'm yelling like the whole show. And some people in the comments really love it. And some people hate it, but I'm like, that is just because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing and I got to make a choice and I have to be on my marks and I need to be giving energy because it was also the first preview. And um, wait, what? Yeah, it was the first time we had ever had an audience. It was the first time I'd ever. That's why I had no rehearsal, because the, the day that it happened, we had to finish like setting the show and they had to finish rewriting the things they were rewriting that day. And so I got like a 45 minute lighting rehearsal to know my marks for certain things and that was it it was crazy did dan have any rehearsal well no because it was first preview 
Is Dan in that? Yeah, Dan was on as JD. No. Yes. I don't remember that. Well, then maybe I'm remembering wrong. Maybe we're talking about two different bootlegs because there is a bootleg up of my first preview. But maybe there's another bootleg that I don't know about of also me. There, yeah, there's the bootleg. There's the bootleg. It's the boot. The infamous bootleg that I was talking about was you. It was regular principal cast. It was like original cast, but it was you as uh, Heather Chandler, and it was um, Dan as um, JD. And oh well, maybe that was in Alex. the first few weeks. Maybe I'm like m- remembering the timeline wrong. I do remember that that bootleg came out like before we even opened. So maybe it was like my second or third day. So maybe I've just been lying to everyone. <laughs> Excellent. Incredible. You heard it here first, people. Carissa is a liar. <laughs> Carissa is a pathological liar. <laughs> Don't so ever no. believe her. And that's why she's an incredible actress. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's why we have her on the podcast. <laughs> but anyways. Tell us yeah, about the so... time you had tea with Maggie Smith now. <laughs> I'm like, just spinning stories. Um, yeah so actually that was the time that and you're like what that doesn't make any sense anyways okay next question so <laughs> you covered veronica heather duke not heather duke heather chandler and heather mcnamara no you were right the first time so oh. i was that production did first and second covers not every production does that so i was first cover for chandler and veronica and then i was second cover for duke kate fairbanks was first cover for duke and second cover for Veronica and I think McNamara. McNamara? Because I don't remember who understudied Chandler. But yeah, so I understudied all three and then I was dance captain. I know Alice Lee was an understudy. Well, could we, wait, oh, wait. This was oh, Alice, Alice would have understudied Chandler. That's right. Yes. Duke understudied Chandler. No. That is, our, a our, that is a our, war crime that Broadway has to answer for. <laughs> yeah, our Dukes never went on. So, um, wait, are you sure your Dukes never went on as Chandler? No, because oh, it would oh, have been oh. yeah. Wait, Crystal and Lloyd also understudied Chandler. Yeah, but we closed so soon after she rejoined because oh, yeah. Crystal had done it in LA. Yes. So, yeah, it was a crazy summer. I was really busy and really tired all the time because it. I was just doing too much and I had never danced captain before. So I didn't realize like what a undertaking it was. And, um, I don't regret the experience. Like it was also such a fun summer, but I do know that I would never dance captain ever again. And I'm not as flexible as I was then. So I don't think anybody's going to ask me to, but, um, it was really hard. It makes me really respect dance captains because that was not even a dance heavy show. It was like a mover show and yeah. like be in this place. So I'll go watch something like American in Paris or cats. And I'm like, yep. how, how oh do God. you dance captain that? Literally anyone who is a dance captain or a swing in cats or an understudy. I don't I, understand I it. Massive respect for them. Because I that do is not, not. An easy job. I don't get it. I don't get it. Be- swinging i can wrap my mind around a little bit more but dance captaining a show on that scale i just uh you just have to be you you're built different yeah my friend cami gonzalez dance captains um she like goes around and helps set moulin rouge and even that i'm like she gets to do that because she's like so 
organized and so good at talking to people and running a room and it's just a different extra skill you have to have as a performer to be good at that but yeah yeah so was it hard covering the two this is my last heather's question um was it, it better hard- be I'm just kidding. Was it hard covering the two, Hep Duke and um, Chandler, when they're both, a lot of them, they're in the same scenes together and they sing different harmonies. Was that like hard to wrap your brain around? Uh, It could have been. I never went on as Duke. So Kate was the only one that ever went on as Duke. And um, I'll tell you what was hard about that summer is like, so Molly Hager was our female swing. Molly Hager Mm -hmm. is incredible one of the coolest people I've ever worked with. And um, because I was first cover for so many things and because we were a really young cast, most of us had never done an eight show week before or like not an eight show week for so many weeks because I had done an eight show week for like a month long run, right? That's all I had done before that. So people were out a lot, which just happens sometimes that I, I don't... I hope no one takes that as me saying a judgment on anyone because I have definitely had strings of outs. So this is not a judgment, but we did have a lot of outs. And so um, Molly Hager went on as my ensemble track more than I did because I was on for other roles or out to dance captain the show so much more than I actually got to be on stage as my ensemble So that was what was hard. And I will say like the first, because I went on as Chandler and Veronica in like maybe the first two or three weeks. And the hard thing was that I had gone on for Heather Chandler for either five or six performances. I don't remember. And then maybe a week or so later, I went on for Veronica. And that was hard because Veronica has all those scenes with Heather Chandler in the second act. And Veronica also doesn't leave the stage, so you, like, can't, like, check your script or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that was a good challenge for me. And, um, but, yeah, I do I do think that's a good, like, insight is that sometimes when you're understudying two roles that share scenes, you can get, like, uh, what? Who says this? Especially in Heather's when you're, like, all kind of <laughs> bitches. <laughs> like, yep. You're, like... Well, that's no indicator because we're all saying the rude things. So, yep. but it was really fun. It was a good like boot camp into professional life for me in a way that I had like not been thrown into before. And I freaking love the cast and I loved being in the show. So my, my next set of questions is I want to, this was a great segue for me, but we let's just move on to Frozen. Um, let's do it your broadway debut yeah what was the audition process like okay so i had auditioned to play elsa in the national tour and um it is not a great story because i had my initial audition and then i had a callback but before the callback they wanted to do a work session right and that happens sometimes and in the email that i got i read it as steven aremus would be the only person in the work session so i had worked with him before so i was like this is going to be casual i'm going to treat this with like warm like i'm going to show up and be prepared and be professional but i'm like going to treat this as like a work session with my friend 
that was like my approach. And I had, um, I had a survival job at a bar at the time and they kept me till like four in the morning. So had it been a callback, I would have called my agents and been like, I can't do this today. Like there has to be another day this week that they can fit me in. But I thought it was with Steven. So I thought I could show up and be like, let's work through this with my friend who already knows who I am as a performer. Right. So I get there and the entire creative team is there that was not listed on the email, which is a, you know, another lesson you learn sometimes as an actor that like, it's always been this way before. And then the one time you show up and you're like, Oh, it isn't always that way. So, um, it didn't go great. And I didn't sound, I wasn't happy with it. And I left and like called my mom on the street crying. And then I called my agent and my agent that was, was upset. That was you I saw when I was walking down the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I called my agent. My agent like stated the obvious and was like, you should have called me. And I was like, yeah, but what I gathered from the email, I felt like I was making the right choice because I thought I wasn't going to have to sing in front of everybody until Wednesday. So it was just like a big heartbreak and a big frustration. But then I just was like, I'm booking that show. I'm booking that show and I don't know when, but I'm going to. So I kept my sides and I would like work on them every once in a while, maybe like once a month and just like think about them. And I would like think through, let it go when I walked my dog and stuff like that. And then about six months after that, they called me in for the understudy for Broadway. And I walked in and like, I've never really had an audition process go this way before, but I walked in, I did my audition. And like, after I had done the material, it was pretty, it was a pretty warm reception to what I had done and pretty like, that was good. And you should do that tomorrow because it was just for the casting director. So then the next day I went in for the room and, um, I would, I, I had like coached on let it go. And I, I wore a long maxi dress and I like trowed, like, like charged up the, the audition room and turned around, and, like whipped my dress around <laughs> like her. Cause I was like, I'm going to book this show. And, um, and I got through that and it was great. And then I had to sing dangerous to dream and my allergies got, <laughs> my allergies got the best of me. And I started like, my eyes started watering. So I was like, I'm going to use this. And so I was like, <laughs> like quietly weeping through dangerous to dream. And then the next day I had to come back for a dance audition and oh wait, ensemble. Oh, wait. yeah. So I had three days in a row. So it was audition next day, call back next day, dance. And then I was supposed to find out by that evening if I booked it and I did not. So then I started to get really stressed out because I had felt pretty confident and they ended up not calling me until the next Tuesday, but then I booked it. And so that was really exciting. But yeah, it's funny because like for Kinky Boots, I had like five callbacks. For like a two minute role. Yeah. Over the span <laughs> of like, over the span of like, I want to say like, six or seven weeks I might have had like four callbacks but it was like a pretty drawn out process and then for my Broadway debut it was like three days and then like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. for sure go do that so, so it's so yeah. funny how different it is 
So was it hard playing Elsa? I mean, obviously vocally, but I mean, specifically so when it came to the ice powers, because, you know, obviously, you know, with blocking performers have their marks that they have to hit, but sometimes Mm -hmm. they don't always have to go about it the same way. Like, for example, like they can maybe like, instead of going like in a straight path, they can maybe like walk a little upstage or walk a little downstage. Yeah, yeah. But with Frozen, I mean, specifically let it go. Like, it's very like, like, cause if you do the raw, if you like, you can't just change movements because it's all planned out with the, was, so was that hard to get used to? Or was that like? It was a little hard to learn because it's not like dance moves. So you like know where the magic is, but it is tricky to like, cause you know, glorious Casey, who is so incredible had been doing it since denver so like it it really looked like the magic was coming out of her hands so i had to work on it a little bit and i ended up going up to the stage management office and i spent like two hours one day um just watching the um i can't remember what it's called but it's like the stage manager video that they have it's like the The house cam yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the house cam footage that they have. Um, so I was watching it forward and then also overhead. Um, and I just watched it over and over and over again to see exactly the path that the magic was taking. And then it became easier because when you're an understudy, especially when you are a replacement in a cast, I wasn't original cast. Um, you know, you only have so much time to learn it and then that's it. And then you have your put in and then that's it, which is fine. But for something like that, like I did want it to actually look like it was coming out of my hands. And so I did have to spend that extra time to like really track and then go down onto this stage and look at all the charts I had written and been like, okay, so it goes over that square on the stage and that speaker and up into the proscenium okay great so that the next time i went on it could like really feel organic even though it had been worked on (laughs) so because now i actually i recently like what i like to do is i like to go normally go to like a youtube little dive before i interview guests just to get re-familiar yours was my favorite let it go because I felt that it showed the best transition acting wise. What do you mean? So now people, this is shady. Probably skip for a few minutes if you don't want to hear it. For me, I feel like a lot of the Elsa's really folk. They were, I think they were just trying to make sure to get to that end note, to get to that. And like, they were like, it was very much just singing the song. Whereas Mm -hmm. with you, I actually like, I'm like with you I actually felt like I was watching her discover who she was discovering her powers and um deciding like oh fuck all of you I'm cool as fuck um and now I have this cool powers whereas the other ones I just felt like I wasn't I wasn't getting that I was just getting I'm singing a really cool song that was a number one chart topping hit does that make sense It does. And I will take that compliment because that is really important to me. I will say, though, um, every I've worked with or know all the women that have played Elsa, and I don't know if it would translate that translate in the theater. 
Like when you watch Casey Levy perform it, she is electrifying. And Casey, I really do think is one of the best actresses in New York because she has so much nuance. Alyssa is so powerful in the role. Caroline Bowman, I got to see do um, their like final rehearsal in the studio before they like went off to actual tour. And Caroline acts her face off in that role she was wearing her heart on her sleeve in like a really magnificent way so i think sometimes with bootlegs what is happening in the theater might not translate do you know what i mean yes and that's fair and i do think that there are artists like that i mean there is like there are times where like very clearly like it comes through in the bootleg but there are other times so it wasn't really shape but like I just, for me, just watched, because I watched um, the Germany, I watched the Germany ones, I watched Samantha Barks, I wa- I had seen Carolyn's, I had seen, like, a few others, but I just, for me, that was the best one that I thought, because I also, I really hate when people riff now, I'm just getting so tired of it, <laughs> and you had, like, maybe, like, one or two riffs, but the rest you just set, from my knowledge, you sang the notes on the page, Yeah, and that was me. I'm yeah. not, I don't love riffing, um in musicals i'm kind of wanting broadway to go back to old school broadway i want to go back to like it being exciting and thrilling and like because my other thing is that i always feel like especially today's actors i feel like they'll be like they'll be like acting stop acting do a riff continue acting yeah i don't know i I don't like, disagree can't all with be that. Lilius White, where it just flowed like all of her riffs. I'm like, but they just wor- she's staying in character with her. L- well, Lilius I think White. you've hit on two points, and one is that to go back a little bit, like, and I will always be, and I'm not schooling you, so I'm just adding. I will always be a person that really doesn't believe there's any such thing as best in art because like I could say Celine Dion is the greatest singer of all time and that would not be a crazy thing to say but it is crazy to just completely put her above Whitney Houston and Barbra Streisand and Cynthia Erivo and Shoshana Bean so like there is in my brain no best and I really want to emphasize that because I have gotten to star and also understudy a lot in my career. And I Good have. Star. <laughs> sorry, I, I just sorry. <laughs> show. Um. But I have gotten to understudy some incredible women, Casey and Patty specifically. Um, like as I go on and pursue principal roles in my career now. Uh, I will do it differently because of working with Casey and Patty and the watching them. I knew I knew what leadership should be. I didn't really understand it until I watched Casey and Patty lead a company. They are incredibly powerful women, full of graciousness and all class both of them and i really believe that like when i get to 
be a principal on Broadway next, I will do it so much differently post Frozen than I would have done it pre Frozen. And so like, I do want to give them praise for that. And, and also like, I really don't believe there's any such thing as best. And also I think like with social media, I have two thoughts. And one is that like, it's so fun to like pit people against each other. And like, I can't post a video without either a being told I'm better than someone else B, being told I'm not as good as someone else, or C, being schooled on how I'm singing this song incorrectly, which is like wild. I'm like, well, then you join equity and you do this professionally because <laughs> I don't think I'm like God's gift to singing, but I think I'm pretty good at it and I really enjoy doing it and I'm doing it. What are you going after for your own life? Not you specifically, you know, I mean like the general Interview over. crappy Instagram <laughs> commenters. <laughs> But B, the other thing is that like, and this is more of like a personal, like me whining is that like, just because I had said like, maybe it wasn't translating over video is that like, I, there's so many videos I've had to see of myself in this digital age that we wouldn't have had to watch 20 years ago. But it's wild how you can like feel so great in the moment and feel the energy in the room and feel like the connection with the audience. And then you can get the video footage and be like, that's what I sound like. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. And like my husband or my friend or whoever will be like, no, 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 no. It sounded so good in the room. And I'm like, that doesn't sound, that sounds bad. And they'll be like, no, it's so powerful. Amazing. So like, I really do believe that it doesn't always translate over an iPhone. And yeah, that's all I had to say. Cause I, I will also say like being in frozen, um, was the most incredible female experience I've ever had. Just being led by people like Casey and Patty who, I mean, like my first Elsa performance was scheduled because Casey had contractual dates because she was going on a concert tour and she left me a bottle of champagne for my first understudy. And she was like checking in on me, which she did not have to do. And I would not have ever thought badly about it. And I'm not saying everyone has to do that. And then like Patty did my put in so that she could rehearse with me. And she gave me like a journal and a card as a gift, which is like, the personal things that I experienced, but it's just like indicative of overall how they were as leaders. And then also like the dressing room that I was in the female ensemble dressing room, it was like 11 alpha females that were not at all threatened by the other powerful women in the room. And so it was just like a really incredible experience with like very talented artists who had a lot of belief in self and a lot of graciousness to the people around them. It was a very cool experience. So now my question is, I'm not sure if you can answer one. How did that dress transformation work? I could answer you in private, but I'm okay. not allowed to tell over a podcast. <laughs> um, now also, cause obviously it was a Disney show. Did you get to, cause did you get to meet any cool celebrities? Oh, we met Hillary Clinton and I cried. I know while I'm talking about gracious women, let's talk about Hillary freaking Clinton because 
she came and she came up to the stage to take a photo with us and that was really cool and like obviously she's gonna say something to Casey and Patty you know and like maybe a few of the other leads like Ryan Redman and stuff but she takes a cast photo with all of us and then and, or company photo with everybody and then you know she does one with Casey and Patty and she tells him how great they are and stuff and then I happened to be close to her and she turned around with like the gentlest warmest smile and reached out her hand and said thank you so much for having me and like reached out her hand to shake my hand and I got to say like a few words to her and she you know thank you so much that means so much and then turned to the next person and then the next person and spent like 15 minutes on the stage giving everybody a little moment and i like walked off stage and was weeping because i was like oh you God. and crying it's a recurring theme in this episode i cry a lot i cry a lot <laughs> but um so that was really cool to meet her and i didn't expect her to be i i love her but i didn't expect her to be so warm it was very like loving grandma vibes it was very mm -hmm. cool but yeah i think she's the only i can't remember if i met any other cool people i met rupaul when i did heathers rupaul came so that was really cool wait, rupaul came to that wait of course he did of course yeah of course yeah. what other show of course he came to heathers but he was really cool and he is like he looks like an alien in real life because he's so perfect you're like you're perfect i would imagine what it would be like seeing like a supermodel like Gigi hadid or something you're like you're not a human you're an alien and he's also so tall he it was just like I wasn't even nervous because I was like, I don't even feel like I'm meeting you because you don't feel like a human. You just feel like a <laughs> celestial being that came down to bless us. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. So most recently you did the share show, which yeah. I am going on record to say I saw it on Broadway. I loved it. It deserved a best book nomination. Mm hmm. It was because I remember when they first announced it, when they first announced it, I was like, why? I was like, why do we need this? I was like, who? I was like, what? What are we? I was like, why do we need this? And then I heard, I was like, and then I heard that Stephanie J. Block was attached. And I was like, no, Stephanie, stay away <laughs> from this trash. Stay away from this swill. I was like, get away. I was like, let go of Stephanie. Um, And then, um, and then more information started to come out because I was getting really tired of, of bio jukebox musicals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I mean, there was a there was something came out about it, and they were like, "It's going to be done. Like it's a variety show of her life." And I was like, "That's interesting." Mm -hmm. I was like, "Cause most most bio musicals are just like A B C. This is what happened." Um, whereas. This one, it allowed for, with the three shares with Babe, Lady, and Star, it allowed for commentary about the events. And it allowed, it It took itself seriously, but also at the same time, it didn't take itself seriously. Yeah. they were like, look, we know people are not coming because we're going to be the next lame is. We know our audience is going to be mostly older white women and gay men. Let's just cater to that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and also another thing that I loved about it is that was that a lot of jukebox musicals, they'll try and fit the moment to work with a song, whereas the Cher show fit the song to work for a moment. They did rearrangements. Yeah. They made things that were like upbeat songs into ballads. They made things that were ballads into upbeat songs. Mm-hmm. They made, um, and they didn't have, like, and they weren't generic about it. Like in, now I don't know what production you did because there's a new UK tour that has a different script. Um yeah i don't know i honestly don't know anything about that uk tour except for like the same photos that everyone's seen like i didn't even know they had a different script until you just now said that well there's new songs they did it a lot they but i so anyway yeah there's is it the same team not this it's a new director new choreographer new costume designer um i will all design wise it's new people um same book writer though so like but oh i didn't know that very was, interesting. Yes, the person who did the costumes was the person who was Gabrielle Slade from Six. That makes sense to me. Um, and so anyway, where were we? So yeah, so and what I liked is that like, you know, what everyone would do, like what everyone would do is they'd be like, oh, we're going to do a share show biopic. Let's start it with Believe and let's have it be reprised throughout the show. Mm-hmm. They were like, no. And I know in the Chicago Out of Town trial, that was like what everyone was expecting. And then Cher, but like then Stephanie Block, Cher was like, that's like the simplest thing you could do. Why should we start that? And then so they started with, if I could turn back time. And I'm like, that's just one of the many reasons why I like it also because they didn't have the full songs either. Like, believe Well, and it's also just- genius because that's literally <laughs> then what she does for the next two hours of on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, duh, start with turn back time because then as soon as the song's over, you meet the 16-year-old and 24-year-old version of her. It was exactly. so smart. And it's so, and it's, yeah, so I, yeah, so I could go on and on because I just, I loved it so much. I had, look, again, I went in, I was not expecting, I was like, oh my God, this is not going to be the next lame is. I went in, I was like, this is going to be a fun time. We're going to have lots of songs. There's going to be lots of gay men. And that's what we got. <laughs> there was lots of gay men. There was lots of songs. There, well, there was lots of like energy. I, there like, I was like, it was a fun time. And yeah. it was like, and it was like it like they could have easily gone into the cliche route, but they but Rick Elise, who was amazing, didn't. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he had like, you know, those share isms like the snap out of it and um uh, like obviously all that stuff. But yeah, so anyway. So you had so on one of your posts, you mentioned that you auditioned for the original production. No, I didn't. They wouldn't okay. see me. And that's fine. <laughs> and I and I love that um no I just wanted it so bad and um I just wanted to play her so bad and like when that it got announced I had so many friends be like you have to play this role because I have been obsessed with Cher forever forever um just because of who she is she's so badass and my obsession didn't happen until after I saw the musical Oh, I have been obsessed for years. Moonstruck is my favorite film of all time. I love mermaids. I grew up watching Sunny and Cher Comedy Hour, obviously reruns. Um, I love her music. (laughs) My mom, you know, my mom has watched, um, oh, what's that musical? Burlesque. My mom just will like regularly text me and be like, I'm watching Burlesque. And I'm like, (laughs) I know, mom. 
I, you're always watching burlesque. Did you know that she was on not one, but two episodes of Scooby-Doo? I did know that. Oh. I know a lot of facts about Cher. Cher was the I, first woman to ever show her belly button on national television. <laughs> I, cause I was talking to Dee Rossioli. Oh, this was mm-hmm. a while ago. And I was like, did you know Cher is on Scooby-Doo? And she was like, no. And so now we need to have another conversation with Dee and be <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed with Cher. I just, she's interesting and no one has ever done it like her. The, yeah. The cast album and her specifically really helped me get through because uh, I saw it, wait, let's see, so the shutdown was in 2020, so I saw it March 2020, 2019, because it coincided with my winter break, I mean, spring mm-hmm. break, Um, and then literally, and then, yeah, so then it really helped me cope with a bad breakup and relationship that I was in in summer mm-hmm. of, tw- in spring slash summer of 2019, Um, and I remember this, like, listening to the soundtrack over and over, specifically going from Bang Bang into Believe into, um, song for the lonely yeah yeah yeah. that's a good that's a good trifecta um, i mean share just like and that we take her for granted moment too. sorry yeah we just take her for moment. granted now like what we, when we look at footage of her it's not new but like <laughs> if share hadn't existed and done what she did we would not have had madonna we would not have had britney we would not have had rihanna we would not have had and I mean, that is also not just because of Sherry, it's also because of people like Tina Turner and Donna yes. Summers. So I'm not saying she was the only one, but it was like, there was like four women at the time mm-hmm. who were like, I am living in a world where I am not allowed to own a credit card. <laughs> women were not allowed to have credit cards back then. And so they were like, screw that. And they got screwed over a lot in business. I mean... You can see it in the share show or in Tina, like how these women were getting screwed over by the men in their lives. And, and I'm so the sorry. There's home. an ambulance going. I don't know if no, everybody I... can hear that. But um, <laughs> I was like, it's New York. Yeah, it's New York, baby. Get used to it. But um, she was just bold, 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 bold in a way that paved the way for other women to be bold. It's the same in my eyes, it, differently done, but Lucille Ball, like, no one was doing it like Lucille Ball until Lucille no Ball came along. Like right. And uh, that's also how I feel about Cher. Like, Cher, I don't think there's anything wrong with boxes for artists. I think even someone like some of our most creative people are in boxes because it's like, uh, I don't want to make anyone mad and speak out of turn, but like Dave, like I know who David Bowie is, mm-hmm. even though it's real hard to put him in a box, but like you can define David Bowie. Yes. Same with like fill in the blank of any of our great, great artists. Like I know someone can accurately and lovingly define these greats. And we can for share too, but the the explanation would have to go on so much longer because she's just done so many things and done them well. Like she went from doing the Sunny and Share show after being one of the best selling recording artists of all time, knocking the Beatles off the charts with like her weird fur vest, to then like starring mm-hmm. in um comedy hours, to then 
winning Oscars next to Meryl Streep. Then, like, how many times has she been bankrupt? How many men on national television has she told are assholes? Like, yep. you know, and she just keeps going and she just keeps being incredible. I got to see her live in Vegas in 2017 and she was just incredible. She was incredible. I just, I, it's like hard for me to pinpoint exactly why I love her. So it just kind of sounds like I'm like rambling and being non-specific, no, but it's just, she's I just think she's, amazing. Like, yeah. For the longest time I was like, oh yeah, I know Cher, but like I wasn't into the musical where I was like, oh wow, she actually did a lot. And yeah. I was like following people along the cast. And one of my favorite things that she did was now that I might have been, I might be remembering this wrong, but that she was doing a tour. She was doing one of her never ending tours. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> never um, ending. The never ending um, Tory. <laughs> one of my favorite jokes of Joan Rivers that she said was that Cher was like, she was, she was like, Cher's going to have to go on another farewell tour. Farewell, 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 farewell. Cher, you need a new garage. Okay, I'll go. Do on you tour. happen farewell. to follow, do you happen to follow the comedian Heather McMahon? I don't think so, no. I'm obsessed with her. And her <laughs> first comedy tour she ever did, she called the Farewell Tour. And I thought that was so funny. But anyways. But yeah, so like, but Cher like, Cher like got tickets for everyone in the cast. And I think even the crew as well. She didn't have to do that. She could have easily just been like Stephanie, Teal, and Michaela. Yeah. Boom. She gave it to everyone in the cast. And I think even the crew. But yeah. She's um, first. So now, how did you find your Cher voice? With Stephanie J. Block, we all know that it was from Crest 3D White Whitening Strips. She got a yeah. sponsor from them. Um, so just to cl- clear up, if people are like, what are you talking about? She did the Cher show. So I was in the regional premiere of the Cher yes, show sorry. and at a Gunkwit Playhouse. And then just because I... I know so many people thought we were doing a national tour and I was like, no, because then after a gunquet, we did it at another theater and that theater took most of the cast. Some of the cast couldn't do it or chose not to do it. Um, but so I, I played share for like in total, like 11 weeks this summer. So I got the audition in February and I had like a week to do it, but I was about to leave for a vacation and I was like, I'm not filming Cher on a vacation. Like it won't, I will never do a good enough job. So I clipped in all my extensions because I had just chopped my hair off. So I was like, we got to do it. And um, I filmed it the next day. So that night I watched YouTube videos for like two hours and I would just like pause it and repeat what she had just said, play pause it, repeat what she had just said for like two hours. And I've, I've been obsessed with Cher. So I already like, it's not like, um, if I had to play, I don't know. Um, like Karen Carpenter, who I like know about her, but I don't actually know about her. You know what I mean? So I knew about her. So I just kind of was like, well, I'm going to do my best, but I also was like, I think more important than my impression of her, which I was always trying to stay away from doing an impression, yes. was I was just like, I'm, I just have to act this. This is a real woman that I freaking love. And she went through this stuff. So I'm going to actually act it. And I was like, 
giving it my all. And then I didn't hear from them. And then about a month later, I had a callback over Zoom. So I bought a share wig on Amazon and I like my mom I sent my mom a photo and my mom is so smart she was like you should push it back on your head because it's over zoom and they won't know and then I used black mascara to paint my own hair so that it looked like a natural hairline I'm not genius because she was like they won't know it's not in person it's over zoom I was like thank you mom and um yeah that's how I got the part and then like my prep for it was the same was I as far as the voice, because the voice was what I was most stressed about because I didn't want to come off as a caricature because it's impossible to sound exactly like her. It's like impossible to sound exactly like Miley Cyrus or Janis Joplin unless you happen to already sound almost exactly like them mm -hmm. just naturally, you know? So I was doing a lot of the same, like just hours and hours of YouTube and repeating everything she said. Um, and then just like watching things I had never seen of her before, just doing really deep dives into the Sunny and Share Comedy Hour. I watched like From Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, then it was just like a process of like keeping it in my bones. Cause I, when we first started rehearsal, like the first week, I kept being like, I lost her. I can't. I can't find her. She needs to. And I would like literally be standing there being like, it was almost like a seance. I'd be like, come back. I just had her and now she's gone. And then after a while, like I could not, if you asked me to do, uh, do my share of voice now, I would be like, no, because I haven't do done now. her in like a month and a half. So I'd be like, I, she's Man. not here. So Cher has left the building. So pull up your big girl G string. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so it was just like a lot of, thank God we have YouTube now. Thank God. But um, yeah, I I think the bigger thing with uh, someone like Cher, I would imagine like any of the women who have played Tina would say this because Tina is another just like larger than life, like pushing the boundaries, incredible woman where like the most important thing and like the probably I will hopefully humbly say the best part of my performance is like once I kind of got the voice, it was more about like honoring this woman I love so much and who means so much to me and taking the script really seriously mm -hmm. and taking the scene work really seriously because I don't know exactly how those conversations went and I don't know exactly how she would have said the things but like I know enough about her to like do my best to honor her and so I think that was the most important thing to me is like walk like her move like her her mannerisms her voice but beyond that like this is a real person and I'm telling a real story and my goal is to make the audience care a lot about what happened mm -hmm. to this woman you know like yeah because I think that was actually you actually answered one of my other questions I was like how do you portray a real person without being a character character especially someone so well documented mm -hmm. I yeah. mean over a I think it was what they said I think it was seven like a 70 year career in various <laughs> Isn't movies that insane in That's various insane. movies 
TVs, shows, um, uh, albums. Whereas, you know, it's like someone like Mary, like, I don't know why, Mary Todd Lincoln. We don't know what she sounded like. Right, right, right. Know. There's no video of her. Yeah. So you, it's really more of an open book, whereas you got to perfect that. You got to make sure you're looking like her, you're walking like her. You can't, like, be like, kid just, like, walk on stage. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... And that's another reason why I love the musical is because it was, I wasn't like, I wasn't watching caricatures. I was, mm-hmm. wa- I wasn't watching, you know, Stephanie J. Block as Cher. I was watching Stephanie J. Block embodying the spirit of yeah. Cher. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff like I like really pulled up my, it was very interesting to find the way she stood as best I could in my body. Cause the other thing is like, I'm never, I, I played share during the Sunny and share comedy hour when she was like extremely thin. And I was like, I'm mm-hmm. never going to be that thin. And I would <laughs> never, you wouldn't pay me enough money to make me make myself that thin. Cause I used to have an eating disorder. So I was like, that's not important to me. Um, but she stood a specific way back then. So like, and the funny thing is that like Madeline played lady and then Sarah and Elena in different productions played star and like Cher stood different at 16 than she did in my years. And she did in like her forties, fifties. Right. So it was a lot of like jetting my hips forward, pulling my spine up as tall as I could, but also caving in my shoulders. <laughs> so like, I like, I just tried to do that yeah, now and I'm like, it's no. painful. It's painful. But it was like a specific way that she stood. She all, she like pushed her hips out, but she was standing up really straight, but her shoulders were always caved in. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm about so, to do like the robot. <laughs> yeah. So my, <clears throat> my back hurt all the time. But the other thing is that my track, the lady track, I think has some of the best jokes. I love the jokes, but a lot of fight scenes that have to start somewhere and go somewhere. Otherwise we're just watching two people yell at each other. And like, it's so easy to just power through them until the next song or like focus on the jokes but in um, Dino Nicandros played Sonny in both the productions and he is an incredible actor. And I would, I would like to work with him many more times, but like one of my favorite things about playing Cher was doing those scenes with him and like really being like, this is a real marriage between two people that thought they had finally found the person that understood them. And now the marriage is unraveling. And you can say why there's a lot of like different reasons why but it's unraveling and like how painful and confusing and frustrating that would be and so to your point of like how do you play a real person is and i basically already said this so i'm just repeating myself but like i think the best way once you get past the isms is take everything they're saying really seriously Mm-hmm. you know and i get the i get the feeling from Cher, and i feel like i identify with this is that like she didn't really know that she was an alien until people were telling her she was an alien like she you was like aliens. <laughs> well i just think there's certain people that are just like different and like she there was not it was not normal to be like that at that time and 
I just, and I, from what I've read and from the way this script was written and Cher was very much had input in the script, it just feels like she was doing her own thing and then the people around her had a bunch of commentary on it, you know? But I don't know where I'm going with that, but... (laughs) <laughs> next episode we are going to do conspiracy theories with carissa and yeah. discover who is an alien <laughs> yeah so, but um but yeah <laughs> i could go on and on about share but so you got to wear bob mackie yeah. actual bob mackie because you had the broadway costumes mm-hmm. was that thrilling or was that terrifying was awesome i was really nervous about fitting into them but the costume team at a gunquit was incredible and made everything fit just like a dream and i i want to say it was like one of the best parts of playing share was getting to wear bob mackie like oh my god when when i booked it i cried because we had been through a pandemic and i hadn't performed storytelling on a stage since frozen shut down but part of why i was crying is because i was like oh my god bob mackie is like one of my idols and i couldn't believe that i got to wear his designs it was really cool and there you know any broadway costume is so immaculately designed but just there's a there is a specific no way one, that bob designs like you know bob there was never yeah. another no bob no and so that was really cool it was amazing and i don't remember how they did it on broadway but when we did the bob mackie parade which is like a whole number in the first act where there's just like costume after costume after costume which to me like worked because i was like yeah cool we're passing time i was like to me it worked i was like it's so fun and people want it people want it it. but they made it work for the story it wasn't just new costumes for the sake of new costumes at all it's like we're progressing in time yeah, but at the end of ours, we pretty much just like started letting them clap and like give Bob Mackie standing ovations. So David Ingle would like just stand there and relish in it, even though he was like, I did nothing. Like, but we realized that like the audience wanted the moment, even though he's not really Bob, to like give their love to Bob for like uh, 20, 30 seconds until we went on with the show. And it just speaks to like, how freaking cool it is to just like be in the vicinity of a bob mackie creation it was really cool i remember i saw it with my mom and for spring because it was i was a yearly tradition where we would go to new york and we would do the direct spring break or some other time we would see mm-hmm. a show either me and my mom or my mom or my dad and so i took my mom that year and we saw the share show and i remember during that parade she was like oh i remember that costume oh i remember that one i remember that one i was like will you shut up i was like mom <laughs> That's so funny. So was it, were the, I mean, you know, obviously they are stunning costumes, but were they uncomfortable at all? Like I know Cher, not Cher, Stephanie was like talking about how like, she was like, there was this one costume where she was like, she was like, she was like, I need a, she was like, Bob, I need a bra built into this. She was like, my favorite thing was her. She was like, she was like, I have fed people from these things. I need the support. (laughs) And Bob was like, no, you don't. No, you don't. It's not gonna. So were they like uncomfortable? Was it like uncomfortable? Because you obviously, you know, you wore a lot of, bi- was it, so that was that like a weird thing to like, to have to get used to? Did you have to like? Um, You definitely like, uh, are aware how much skin is showing. So I wore three different, three different outfits? Yeah, three different outfits where they're like full low rise. And I mean like low, low rise, like an inch above my 
lady area. Um, and it was really self-conscious when I first put them on, but then you get used to it. And again, it's just like, everyone else is naked. Um, <laughs> yeah, everyone else is naked, but there's also like an illusion you can give by the way that you stand. And I just like practiced in the mirror and you can give an illusion by the, by your posture. Like that's what supermodels do. So I got used to it and I just was like, every time I had on those hip huggers, I was like, gotta stand this way and then I'll feel great. And then as soon as I get off stage, I don't have to stand like that anymore. Incredible. Done. So my final question of the evening, because is, is there a lady you would love to have lunch with? Is there a lady I would love to have lunch with? Can be theater related, cannot be theater related, can be dead, can be alive. They just have to be real, not a fictional character. Uh, can I give three? Sure. I, Chelsea Handler, I think she's so smart and interesting and she's grown a lot as a person in front of our eyes. Like, I just think she's really cool. Second would be... <laughs> probably stephanie j block she's yeah. my you know i just said there's no best so i'm not saying she's the best but she's my personal fave in my it, personal yes. i just love that's something that i've her. always been working on lately i've always been working on being like in my opinion this yeah yeah, yeah. yes and i just love her i would die to be in a show with her to share scenes with her, I would just be crying. It would just, I'm going to put that in, into the universe. That would be really cool to be in a show with SJB. I wore her wig um, in Cher. I didn't realize that. And then they showed me like three weeks and my um, incredible wig girl, Lynn, was like, Lynn, that wasn't her name. Her name was Leisha. Why did I say Lynn? <laughs> I said it and I was like, did I just stroke out? Carissa, compulsively. <laughs> but she was like, do you know you're wearing SJB's wig? I was like, what? No, that's amazing. But so SJB and then third would maybe be, oh, just like someone so much smarter than, oh, you know what? Oh, Monica Padman from the Armchair Expert I was about to say, podcast. I have no idea who that is. Armchair Expert is my favorite podcast, and I think Monica Padman is, like, so smart and cool. So I think Monica Padman would be my third. Well, Monica, come on out. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. It's actually so crazy that you say that because we have Monica here today. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, those would be my three. I think that's a so good three. Chelsea Handler, SJB. No, no, no. I don't ever want to meet Cher. No. Cher and Celine Dion, I cannot ever meet. No, no, no. I would, it would be bad. I love them too much. They're too high up. I could even meet like Meryl Streep. Cher and Celine Dion are my two never ever meets. I couldn't my, do it. My rule is I tell my parents this all the time. I was like, whenever I'm doing a podcast interview, I was like, there are only, I was like, there is only one reason I should be disturbed. And that is if Meryl Streep is at the door. Otherwise, yeah. the house could be burning down. Don't interrupt. <laughs> you know, like, I've I've met Diane Keaton, who is another. I freaking love Diane Keaton. I, I've i met some of my... I've worked with Eden Espinosa. I grew up thinking Eden was, like, incredible. And Eden is. And then working with her was amazing. Um, but 
Yeah, I can't ever meet Cher or Celine Dion. I don't think that that would be good. It would be embarrassing, you know? I would make an absolute fool of myself. <laughs> oh, see, I do it, but I'm like, I, I, my thing is that I was, my thing is that I just learned, I just, my, I like, I just can't respond to them. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll give them like one, like, I'll talk like I'm like a first grader. Like, yeah. I just met Annalisa Vanderpool mm-hmm. a few months ago when I saw the Disney Princess concert. Mm-hmm. And she was like, talk, and like, I would like say something to her. I would say something intelligent. And then she would say something intelligent back to me. And I'd be like, yeah, oh, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like couldn't look her in the eye. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's so funny. That's oh. something weird about New York is that, like, when I was in L.A., like, the celebrities in L.A. felt so far away. But when you're in New York, like, you will pass Audrey McDonald on the street, you know? Like, they're here. It feels like they're more human, even though I, I, I respect and admire them just as much. It feels more, like, human. Like, not so, not so like... <laughs> imaginary share you know because they also have to walk everywhere in new york yeah it's easier to walk somewhere yeah 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 yeah. driving yeah but so we have come thank you so much for joining me thank you for having me and where can the people find you on the internet do you want people to find you on the internet i do um i'm on instagram and tiktok uh my first and last name carissa hoagland and I just did a solo concert, so I'm going to be posting footage from that soon. And um, if you are a casting director, I would love for you to cast me. And I'm available. I love to sing all sorts of styles, and I will really act my tits off. Thank you. <laughs> You could do you could do Stephanie J. Block Sunset Boulevard at the Kennedy Center. I would love it. Put me in, coach. I'm so excited for that. I am I know when the tickets for single like people are being released. Do we love I, Sunset Boulevard though? I no, I do. I You love- do? Every time I see it, there's like a third of the show that I love and then the other two thirds I'm like, get on with it. I think that's fair, but I mean, for me, I think it's just, I was first introduced to it because I watched the bootleg with Betty in London, and I was like, oh, this is interesting, but I didn't really come to love it until I watched the original movie with Gloria Swanson, Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm, I watched mm -hmm, the musical mm -hmm. again. Yeah. I watched the London one, and then I watched the revival with Glenn Close, and I was like- The, The Glenn Close revival was pretty good, I thought. I was like- oh my god like i get and i have this whole production that i went oh my god i'll be i could talk your ear off yeah i just and i think it's and so i i just poor- disparaged it but i will say that as if we never said goodbye is one of my favorite musical theater songs of all time it's andrew lloyd weber's best score and i think that might be my favorite andrew lloyd weber song at full stop i love that song i know there are some people who are like phantom is his best score i'm like no for me it's Sunset Boulevard, Cats, and then Phantom. But remember, there's no such thing as best, okay? In there's my only personal opinion. <laughs> <laughs> remember, children, there's no such thing as best. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh my God, wait. I was about, yes, I will see you all next time. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you Goodbye, for having me. Everyone. Bye.
here's to the girls on the go. Everybody tries. Look into their eyes and you'll see what they know. Everybody dies. A toast to that invincible bunch. The dinosaurs surviving the crunch. Let's hear it. 